Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today's Wednesday, January 11th. This is episode number 181. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are things going? Going good, Rod. Let's put the wraps on another football season. Yeah, yeah, we uh, seem like we waited forever for this thing to start and then kind of snap your fingers and it's over. I mean, it didn't yeah. seem that way all the time during the games, but it did go... <laughs> It did go relatively quickly, so so yeah. Yep. So uh, so let's bring our guest in. Uh, we have we have uh, Charles Shin with us. Charles, how are things going with you, buddy? Oh, fantastic! Thanks for having me, guys. Looking forward Absolutely. to the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. You. you guys do a great job every week. Hey, appreciate that. Um, everybody can follow you. Uh, if they're not following you already, they can follow you at Fighter Guy Two Four Two Four. And um, I mean, a lot of everybody loves your uh, loves your drawings and stuff. I mean, and that's um, that goes above and beyond just uh, just a great sports fan that you are, um, you know, a great Browns fan. But I mean, you uh, I mean, you you put out drawings of of all the Cleveland stuff, so uh, all the Cleveland teams and everything. So um, I know you follow all the teams, but uh, but it, it's great to have you on. Um, it, it's uh, it's been a while. And words, thank you. Yeah, I haven't seen you in a few years. Uh, you and your brother, man, that was pretty. Oh, awesome. I was just I was just thinking that we were we were we were only up for one game this year, and I and uh, it wasn't a game that you were at, so so we missed you. So um, hopefully hopefully in twenty three we'll catch up. Sounds good. <laughs> So, guys, we're going to talk uh, some Browns, some end-of-the-season stuff and kind of what's going on right now. But before we do that, uh, we're going to we're gonna talk about what we're drinking tonight. And, uh, Charles, you're the guest. You get to go first. And I know you're drinking something just a little bit different tonight. So why don't you tell us about that? Uh, it was uh, from a friend of mine. And so she actually just... Uh, gave me an idea so i got the half and half zero sugar snapple tea half and half lemonade iced tea so that's what i got tonight sounds it sounds refreshing it's very good very, everything that snapple has and i'm not getting paid by this so but if you're here nice. listening to snapple hey i'm here so if they want to send an endorsement contract along that's fine <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> jeff would you like to share what you're what you're partaking in tonight I'm uh, enjoying an extra tall and cold Lake Erie highball, as usual. Very nice. Very nice. Guys, I'm drinking a a Widmer Brothers Green Skies Hazy IPA. Uh, Wid- Widmer Brothers is out of, um, is out of, I believe, Portland, Oregon. Um, yeah, as I turn the cam, trying not to spill it. Um, Portland, Oregon. <laughs> It's like six point five percent. It's it's pretty darn good. So um, tastes like a hazy IPA. Um, a nice balance to it, and uh, I'm gonna enjoy it while we're talking. So so. Hey Jeff, well, Jeff, do you have a, a refrigerator filled with all the good beers, just like your brother does? Yeah, I do, and and they're as as time goes on, they're becoming more and more aged, Charles, because I just don't drink anymore. <laughs> <laughs> At least yeah, I, but now his, his selection is significantly better than mine. I have to have to put that out there. I mean, 
I don't have I don't have all the exotics that he does. Yours was pretty good last time. Last time I was up, so no complaints here, Jeff. You had you had quite a few really nice choices up there. Yeah, I mean, I'm just it's all about you know being prepared for company. So whenever you want to stop over, Charles. <laughs> oh, it sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would I say that, but there's not nearly as many people live down this way, so I don't get as many right. takers. So, <laughs> anyways, guys, that was a uh, cool segment on the drinks. Did you have something to add, Charles? <laughs> no, I, you were talking about. I was like, well, we got plenty of people up here in Akron, so we can just come up here. We'll get all my friends. We come together and just bring your whole stock. We'll take care of that for you. Right. I got a pretty good stock right now, but I'm not doubting that that it could be taken care of uh, by a bunch of people. <laughs> I'm sure it would go pretty quickly, but but yeah, yeah, um, it's a uh, it, it's it's probably going to be there through the winter and you know into the summer. And that um, I, I have a bad habit of of restocking too soon is what I do. I buy more beer before I really should, so it always seems to stay kind of full. So. Yeah. So that's on me. So good. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I like buying beer and, and trying the new stuff. So that's kind of what happens. So so yeah, guys. Um. So there was there was kind of a game on Sunday. Um. Last game of the season. Um. Browns played the Steelers in Pittsburgh, and uh, you know, it, it wasn't a lot of fun to watch. Um. No. Browns. Browns end up getting beat pretty bad badly um 28-14 to finish the season 7 and 10 uh, missing the playoffs uh, which we knew already but uh I'll go to you guys but um I am not going to suggest for a minute that the Browns played well enough to win this game but the officiating in this game was as bad as any game I've ever seen in my life um, it was just it, it just got to the point where it kind of took the game over and was the theme of the game. The fact that that um, the Browns just couldn't catch a break um, with the officiating. So I'm not saying they couldn't have won and overcome this. Um, they could have. They could have played a lot better. But um, mm. watching officiating like this, it, it was really bothersome to me. So. Um, I'm going to go to you guys and just get your thoughts. I, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this game, but um, it is the last one of the season. It's the last one we get to break down. So we'll talk about as long as you guys want. So, so Charles, right. what what were your thoughts on this game? Uh, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, fishing was bad. Um, the Browns didn't execute. And what stood out more than your officiating was the announcers. And I don't know if that stuck out to you guys, but. Both those guys, Gumbo and Archuleta, seemed like they were homers. I don't know if they – Archuleta yeah. never played for – so I don't know what was going on with that. Yeah. Yeah. Every single thing, he nitpicked. Like, it was just unbelievable. And then some of the calls that they were making, they were talking about plays before. I mean, and then when Njoku scored that touchdown, you probably seen that on the highlight about Gumbo didn't even mention touchdown. He called Watson Brissett. Stuff like that. It just – it was just <laughs> – <laughs> like they were saying they, they should were have a moment prepared. of silence yeah, they when they prepared. got eliminated from the playoffs like there was a moment of silence so like you would thought like both of those guys died up in the booth like they were sad <laughs> i mean that was, 
So that stood out more than anything. Um, uh, the, I thought the defense didn't play as bad as that score indicated, and their officiating was pretty bad. There was some really, really bad calls, face masks, and whole. I mean, I mean there's bad calls all the time, but it was it was pretty bad overall. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm kind of fit. I'm glad the season's I'm not glad the season's over because you know I love football. We all love football, but. It, was, it put us out of our misery, and we can talk about the future and uh, talk about other things, including what we're going to be talking about with Joe Woods and what's coming on. But, uh, yeah, overall, it was a disappointing game, and, um, yeah, that's all I got for that. How about you, Jeff? Yeah, disappointing sums it up pretty well, Charles. Um, on a number of levels, I think. You know, the, the play um, was uninspired at times. Um, you know, I thought a few guys – Seemed like they were motivated to play, but as a team, um, there wasn't a whole lot of motivation to play. Um, and it's just been that way all season. It's just been this roller coaster of, you know, we're on one week, we're off the next. We're on one week, we're off the next. And, and you know, you can almost predict that they would be just flat as, as can be in that game. Um, you know, I hate harping on officiating. I've been clear about that. Okay, but I think the NFL is really bordering on a credibility problem right now. Um, When when you look at how games are officiated and, and how plays have such an impact on outcomes, you know, calls have such an impact on outcomes. I mean, it's one thing for penalties to impact how the game is played. It's another thing when penalties start to impact the outcome of games Mm -hmm. and, you know, you see outcomes being changed. Um, And without going into specifics. Okay. But um, I don't think officials are out there consciously trying to decide who's going to win a game. I don't think we've gotten to that point. But I certainly think that the way games are officiated and the impact that instant replay has or has had for the last several seasons on how plays are ruled. I mean, half the time the the experts in the booth are looking at super slow-mo from a multitude of angles. They still can't decide whether something's a catch or not, Mm -hmm. you know, whether something's pass interference or not. Um, If we've gotten that nebulous in how we call things, how do you expect a guy to, to do it in real time, right? But but just the That's idea a, that that yeah, just the idea that that if, uh, officiating and and calls are impacting outcomes of games when the NFL is now arm in arm with sports betting. Okay, you've got yeah. you got FanDuel as the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Okay, um, and and you've got you, you've always had. Um, you know, predictions about games and, and money lines and stuff as, as part of the broadcast. Um, I just think the NFL is, is really skating a very fine line here in terms of credibility. Um, if you're when you're officiating, is this embarrassingly bad? Um, and you can't really determine outcomes of plays with definitively, you know, um, it starts to plant that seed with with people who, for whatever reason, might have money on the game, 
Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, if it's somebody who's doing it for a charity or if it's, you know, somebody who's, um, you know, an active gambler, either way, um, it really puts the NFL in a bad light that, you know, this might not be all on the up and up. And that's not just speaking as a Browns fan. I mean, that's, that's watching games every week and seeing this kind of stuff happen. And they better get their arms around it because, you know, I, I think they're, they're going to be, they're going to start to be thought of as professional wrestling before long. If, if they don't get their, their, their hands around this and fix it. I, so I think yeah. I know what you're, so you're saying there might be some relatives of Tim Donahue that it'd be NFL referees, Tim Donahue. Possible. <laughs> yeah. I don't, Possible. you know, I saw the, I saw the fist bump, you know, of, of, um, Mike Tomlin <laughs> fist bumping one of the officials after the game, you know, there, there's all kind of captions and stuff, you know, like, you know, hit, you know, handing him, you know, $50 or whatever. I, I've never bought into that part of this. Okay. That, that officials are consciously trying to steer an outcome a certain way. Uh, and Rod and I have talked about this a lot that, you know, the Browns, I think get the short end a lot because they're the Browns. And I think you have to earn the right to get, positive calls. I think the Steelers have done that for decades. So, you know, and that no no place was it more obvious than in this game, you know, where one bad call went against the Steelers and, and Mike Tomlin was just screaming and ranting and raving about it, right? And, you know, several calls were just blatantly missed against us and we're just like, "Oh well, it, you know, it's just what happens." So, yeah. We have to get to a point where we earn that same level of respect from officials as a, as a franchise, as an organization, but the NFL in general is, is very uneven handed, um, across multiple teams. I kind of understand what you're saying. And we've talked about this, that this is how it is that you have to earn the respect and everything to get the calls. That's a bunch of crap though. We know it is. <laughs> the, the officials should be able to call a game straight up without looking at which team's doing what. And, you know, as a Browns fan, I don't want my team to get an unfair advantage from the officials. I just want them to, I just want the calls to be made the same way for my team that they're made for the other team. You know, if the other team is getting, um, you know, if, if, if Jed Wills is called for holding, and dang it, I want, I want their left tackle called for holding every time he holds miles. Well, let me, I don't let me care give you an if example. it's every play. Let me give you an example from that game, Rod. Um, there was a face mask um, on DW that was not called. Okay. Uh, that, they almost Blatant, ripped his head Blatantly off. obvious. Blatantly yeah. obvious. Okay. And somehow nobody saw it happen, right? So there was a you know, know. bunch of yeah. TV replays and a bunch of complaining went on and so forth. And then um, a few series later, um, the uh, – who it was on Pittsburgh's line came in and it was Cam Hayward, I think came in and, and tackled Watson and they threw a 15 yarder for uh, unsportsmanlike conduct, unnecessary roughness on the quarterback. Okay. Mm -hmm. That was a get even call. If I've ever seen one. Okay. That was, Oh, you know, we blew the face mask, right? We owe you 15 yards. We're going to give you the next opportunity, right? That's kind of how it works in the NBA, you know? Um, so you, you can't, really complain about not getting the face mask when they gave you <laughs> 15 yards but it, later. But right? it's different, Jeff. It's different, though, because, well, first of all, that, that play on Cam Hayward, I, I'm not saying it should have been a penalty, but 
they call that sometimes. Okay. They do call that sometimes for, for throwing the guy into the ground. Okay? Right. Yeah. So they do call that sometimes. But the other thing is that that face mask against Deshaun Watson, um, that turned into a sack and the Browns punted right. on the next play and they were moving the ball. Okay. Yeah. So that, that absolutely stopped a drive by not mm-hmm. calling that at that point in time. Right. So, you know, so that did, that made a big difference in the game, that non-call. Right. And that's what I'm getting at is, you know, the things like the, you know, the, the pass interference, the, the phantom pass interference. Okay. That extended a drive. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't know as an official how I can consciously think, okay, I'm going to do this to help them extend the game. I, I don't, I think they're too busy to be thinking like that. Okay. But I right. think the idea that, that, that it's so hard to make these calls accurately, knowing that, that there's, you know, instant replay cameras over your shoulder and things are going to get dissected a hundred million different angles. Um, it's, it's, it's just ridiculously impossible to get the calls right most of the time. Like I said, even when even when you've got a replay official up in the booth, he'll come back with one assessment and then it won't happen on the field. I mean, how do they have different opinions on the same play when they're, they've all looked at all these different it, angles, right? Because most of the rules are up to interpretation. Yeah, it's all up to exactly. interpretation. Exactly. Well, That's the point, the right? booth. I'm not sure who was up in the booth. Was it Pereira? Whoever was talking about the different, just like the fumble with Deontay, was that Johnson? that they made a nice play, he caught the ball, made a couple moves, and then they called it incomplete. Mm-hmm. That right. was, I, that was so. I mean, that was a big play right there. Huge play. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how you rule a guy, how you rule a pass incomplete when a guy catches it, makes a football move, takes two steps. Two steps. And they he gets the ball punched out. That's what the guy said. Uh, I don't know if Archuleta or one of the guys said, he didn't make the third step. How many do you got to make? Is this like the Clemson? <laughs> yeah, how many steps? How many? Right. And, and now we're getting right. back into the announcers. And I'm going to go back. I'm going to go to that pass interference on uh, on MJ Emerson in the end zone, which mm-hmm. was which was crap. He put, he made a great play on that ball. There's no way that's interference. And Archuleta is up there, who played defensive back, by the way. And he's like, oh yeah, I think that was the right call. Are you kidding me? He's going to stick up for the wide receiver on that play. And what about the pass? I think it was Emerson again down the left sideline. Wasn't there? Yeah. He, bet, he didn't even touch him. And they call yeah. pass interference. Yeah, on he that. got called for it twice. It's like it's like he's a rookie. They're going to call him for pass interference. And he's one of the top rated like rookies in the NFL, or not? Not even rookies overall. Yeah, per, yeah he like he's a fantastic fantastic player. So he's not like he's a, a he, author. He's not Buster Screen. He played a great game. He played a great game, but you know, a pass interference in the end zone, and I think that I th- that was a third down play too, wasn't it? Uh, the way I, I, I'm not sure. I think it was, but anyways, it's plays like that that made a huge difference and made this game 28 to 14. When the Browns, you, you look at the stats, and other than the two picks by Watson, what's which obviously. <laughs> made a big difference in the game other right. than that the brown stats were a lot better than the steelers um you look at these yeah. and wonder other than the turnovers how the browns lose this game um right. it's just crazy um i mean just looking at the steelers stats you're thinking how does this team score four touchdowns 
Um, <laughs> Kenny Pickett. We gave him great field position a couple yeah, times. Yeah, he he's 13 to 29. Right. For one, 195. And, and, uh, um, their uh, their running back Harris had had to run the ball twenty three times to get eighty four yards. That's that's a robust <laughs> three point seven a carry. Okay, yeah. it it looked like he's killing us all the time, but he wasn't getting anywhere. I mean, it was just right. enough to keep going. Um, you know, Nick Chubb averaged six point four a carry in the game, which is pretty much average for him. But yeah. <laughs> it, it, so that those are the positive takeaways from from. A game like this, right, is that, you know, our defense played better against the run. Pittsburgh's a run first team mm-hmm. um, and we made it tough for them. Um, you know, there there are some things to, to look at that. Show some signs of life going into next year um, individually and, and, you know, like like, you know, linebackers stopping runs and a little bit better play from the defensive line and stuff that we weren't seeing earlier in the year. But all in all, to me, yeah. the biggest concern is the utter ineptitude of our offense. Uh, you know, we've now seen six games with Deshaun Watson. And aside from a handful of really great plays, um, this offense looks completely lost. Uh, it's like they have no idea how to block for Deshaun Watson. He's holding the ball way too long. He's getting himself in trouble. The pace of the offense is glacial. I mean, it it's, it's taking yeah. it's taking centuries to to run a play. Um, yeah. So I, I have a lot more concern about that going into next year and saying, okay, what's convincing me right now that we're suddenly going to turn this back into a twenty five or thirty point offense when most of the time we're struggling to score eleven or twelve points. Right. That to me, that's the, the big concern. I think I think the defense can be fixed. I think there's enough pieces there that, you know, we add a few more in some key spots and mm-hmm. maybe get a little bit more aggressive at times. Right. The defense can be fixed. Um, yeah. but man, this offense is just downright brutal the last several weeks and and really struggling to figure out how to play with Deshaun Watson. Um, show of hands, how many expected Nick Chubb to be? The Browns' top receiver against the uh, Steelers. <laughs> right, right. And everybody's, yeah. yeah Nick's not a, not a, the guy who catches the ball a lot. Well, five yeah. five okay. receptions. Yeah, yeah. Um, Cooper had more yards, but he had five receptions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, yeah. I mean, like Cooper had uh, what two two or three receptions, right? Yeah. I think two. Goku had like three or four or something like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was spreading it around, but I mean, and it, I think yeah, he's not a ball catcher, so but he was, you know, last week. Yeah, I don't think I don't think maybe any more than maybe one or two of those were designed plays, though. I think that was just Deshaun Watson creating because he didn't see anything else. The touchdown definitely. That, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's good to see. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's not like uh, Nick struggled to catch the ball on any of those plays. He looked fine. Um, you know, right. made it look easy. Uh, right. Scored scored touchdowns, first uh, receiving touchdown of the season. He makes everything look easy out there, man. He does. He does. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so I saw some stats on Nick Chubb today. Um, this is um, career highs for him in like five or six different categories, right? Um, 
carries, uh, yards, yeah. um, you know, I, I don't know what they all were. Um, yeah, um, three, 302 carries, um, 1,525 yards, and um, the 12 rushing touchdowns, I think, ties. Um, I think that ties a career high. I don't think you – I think his uh, receiving uh, – his catches and his yards. I don't think those were career highs, but I'm not so I'm not sure what else was career highs. But um, those three numbers were all career highs. So does anybody still think we didn't use Nick Chubb enough this year? Yeah, um, you know I I think um, when you look at the carries, uh, 302 carries. Uh, I think his career high before that was um, I can't remember what year it was two three year, two or three seasons ago. I think it was like 298. I think that's right where you want him when he's healthy is right around 300 yeah. carries. Um, and you, you have to think 19. Yeah. Yeah. 298. Yep. Yeah. 298. So you have to look at it this way too. If you're building a winning team, you're, you're looking to be in the playoffs too. Okay. You don't want your back to have 340 carries at the end of the regular season and then try to go into the playoffs. Games. Yeah, and, and right. he's still got two or three games ahead of him. So right. um, at this point, Nick Chubb probably could play two, three more games if he needs to. But, mm-hmm. you know, let's save those for later in his career. Um, <laughs> God, I mean, he had, he had what, um, seven, over 750, you know, all-purpose yards. I mean, how much more do you expect out of the guy? <laughs> right. You know his average in his career? Well, you know, is like he was up with Jim Brown and Jamal Charles, I believe. Like the guy has never averaged under five yards a carry in his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's, that's really, really impressive. That's I mean, yeah. well, you put his name with Jim Brown and Jim, I mean those guys. That's really impressive. Nobody's even in close. To, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Guys, I truly believe that you know people people can slam the analytics all they want. I think this team has has studied the analytics of the carries and everything for Nick Chubb, and they know how to manage him to make his career you know last hopefully longer. They know how to not overuse him, and and I think I think this is exactly the range where they want him when he's healthy. And yeah. You know, and I just I think, I think we I, need a couple more guys on the offense making that kind of contribution. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to you know, I'm not going to blame Amari Cooper. I thought he you know, he had a great season, but um, this offense lacks another go to. Besides, yeah, Chubb. well, Amari Cooper ended up with uh, 1160 yards, 78 catches, nine touchdowns, which um, the nine touchdowns is uh I don't have that stat in front of me, but he's the first uh, first guy with nine touchdowns in quite a long time at receiver. Right. And the eleven sixty is the the fifth most receiving yards in Browns history. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so. I think a few years back, I think Dwayne Bow had like eight touchdowns for for us. So I think okay. Dwayne, yeah, seven yeah. or eight. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. Wow. He would, you know, the thing is, I couldn't believe he did that while riding a bike on the sideline and getting eight million. That's what I was going to say. I yeah. mean, did, he play, did he play more than two games? That was playing Madden. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, wait. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, you're right. That was, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, and I understand the the eleven sixty being fifth most in Browns history. That's you know that's uh, that's not what the Browns are known for as great receivers. So so there's not a lot to go up against there. But but you gotta you gotta praise the guy for having a nice season and you know and mm-hmm. and, and playing with two quarterbacks and and uh, just being a professional and and. Uh, I mean, I, I, I really like Amari Cooper. I would think everybody in Cleveland probably really appreciates him as a player after this mm-hmm. season. Um, he's, he's not your typical wide receiver. Uh, just very professional, um, keeps his mouth shut, plays, um, um, makes big plays. And, uh, I mean, you know, he had a few drops, but, um, you know, overall he's very very uh, very steady-handed. and, and yeah, he's uh, very sh- that he's been in his whole yeah. career. So, yeah. 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 I mean, he's uh, just uh, that. I mean, that was just an excellent trade. Um, he's, he's a very nice piece going forward. Definitely. Yes. So um, talking stats, those two guys. And then um, Miles picked up his 16th sack. So that, that ties his uh, franchise record to what he had last season. So um, those were the stats of note, I would say, from the season. I didn't really look up anybody else's stats because we have plenty of time to go through players in the offseason. Yeah. So yeah. I just thought I'd bring those three guys up. So one other thing about the game, and um, that is the fact that Jacoby Brissett did come in for one play. And that that, <laughs> that was his. I wondered first. how long it was going to take you to get to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to milk this for all I can, Jeff. Okay. So, and even though he didn't sneak the ball, he he did come in to play quarterback, and that was his fifth appearance. And and we did kind of do a little um, wager over nut. Did we have a bet on this or not? I don't think no. so. We don't. I don't we think don't we ever. Show. I didn't think we ever put bets on anything. But no. we did the over under at five, and I put the five out there, and and that was actually Jacoby's fifth appearance. So. Um, all I can say is, uh, nailed like I told it. Jeff, I nailed it. It's better to be lucky than good. And uh, <laughs> I, honestly, I'm just glad. That, I'm glad they used him because I like Jacoby. You know, I'm glad he yeah. wasn't just sitting on the bench for the for all six of those games. I'm glad he got into the game a little bit. You know, it right. didn't always work yeah. out perfectly, but um, I, I was glad to see it. He's just a, just yep. a class guy, and I wish him nothing but luck in the future. So. I have one yeah, play in particular that it didn't work out very well, and you know what play I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I recall. Yeah. I recall. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. you know what? All those other plays had to set up the one against the Steelers where, you know, they actually faked it. So I, I thought that was perfect. It was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get on to the fun news, the news that people have been just calling for for how long? Jeff, two, three seasons? A couple seasons. A couple seasons. Um, Joe Woods was relieved of his duties. Um, It's not news. Um, You know, everybody knows this, but uh, I'm surprised they didn't have a parade, you know, down in Cleveland (laughs) for this. And I mean, I I didn't expect him to keep his job. Um, You know, I'm not, I'm not, and, and I'm not against the firing. Um, I think something needed to change. Um, 
it's it's just it's always been confusing to me because the defense gets better in the second half and the players seem to play better at times and it's like man it, it seems like this guy's so close to putting it all together but there's something missing you know can he can he put it together if he gets a little more time and it's like you know I just I've never been able to figure it out and I think that's probably that's... where the Browns have been for a couple of years and they finally just said you know what we, we can't afford to go another season, so we're going to have to let him go and, and bring in somebody else. And, and uh, um, I guess I'll let you guys comment comment on the firing and your thoughts there, and then we'll then we'll move on and talk about some of the candidates. So uh, so Charles, your thoughts on on Joe Woods? Uh, well, when he I think he came in in what twenty, right? That is. Yeah, came in in 20. And yeah. the defense, I mean, they had, you know, heck of a season, won a playoff game, but it was, there were certain games that just made you scratch your head how they just let the teams back in it, you know, playing the prevent a win defense or playing mm-hmm. shell or whatever they were doing. It just, just stuff sticks out from like that season to me, like the Dallas game. But, you know, that Dallas game, even though they won. They let 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 him back in that, you know those those games like that, and then even the game in you know the playoff game in Pittsburgh up big, and then just let them back in the game. I mean, there's plenty more than that, but uh, just certain things, and especially the stuff this season that went down, just head scratching. Like, are you you know you don't know exactly what's you know with if it's who you know he has working for him or like with the stuff with. Um, I'm not sure the guy's name that made the comments when with what happened with T Higgins and with the Cincinnati Jamar Chase type thing or whatever when they went out. That guy that made those comments and said we weren't, you know, game planning for anybody but them. I mean that that's kind of like that kind of goes back on him just a little bit. You know what I mean? He's the defensive coordinator and the other oh Howard, I think his name is Howard or something like that. He's you know, so that defensive back or whatever coach he was coming out and saying that stuff you know that's a reflection on him um but there's a little different thing here and there um they didn't need to make a change um overall the defense um was ranked uh the in uh past defense or fifth overall and that's pretty solid and they should with what, what they have in the back end but their rush defense it was 25th overall okay and then overall 14th but the thing is, is that rush defense with all the injuries to the linebackers, given said, it's, it's, you know, next man up mentality. This is the NFL. You get your players ready. These are NFL players. And I know that they need defensive tackle help. They need nose tackle help. They need more linebackers. They need, you know, this and that, you know, get guys back from injury and whatever. But overall, it had to be done. And, I mean, you can't fire all the players. I guess you have to, you know, cut the, you know, you can't cut. You're not going to fire Stefanski. Everybody wanted to fire him, too. I'm like, what are you going to do then? And you're not going to get Sean Payton. What's he going to, you know, it's not going to happen. So you can't fire him. So I guess you, you know, go first and take Woods out of the equation and then go from there. So, you know, we'll see what happens. And maybe they could go get 
you know, a, a Flores or a Schwartz or anything, anybody that can, you know, stabilize this defense and have these guys, like you, you talked about earlier, Rod, like them playing with a sense of like, it seemed like they didn't really care. You know, they do mm-hmm. the, the end of the season. They're just like, I know they're playing for, but play for your pride, play for your job. And it just didn't look like it was there a lot. And there's some players on that team and I, I could call out names and they've been called out before. And, but not going to do that and then so but yeah that's my basically what i think about joe wood so uh good luck to him um i'm not sure where he goes next but uh yeah good luck to him seems like a nice guy yeah jeff we'll get your thoughts here um, just a second i i want to go back just to that brown steelers game just for a second because when's the last time you guys saw a brown steelers game where there wasn't a single scuffle or anything (laughs) there wasn't anything I'm like watching. I'm like, man, this is like the most boring Browns Steelers game I've ever seen. It's like not a lot of passion. There There was no passion from either side. Well, Mason Rudolph wasn't on the field. I don't know. Maybe that's true. True. Anyways, I just want to get that out. So um, go go ahead, Jeff. Well, you can't really talk about Joe Woods and the defense without first talking about the Davian Clowney fiasco. Um. Mm And, and I think that sort of underscores where things went off the rails this year um, and, and have gone off the rails in other years for, for similar reasons. Um, I think you have individual agendas and coaches that expect guys to just come in and be professionals and do their jobs and not have to be babysitters. And Joe Woods is not a babysitter. Um, so... Uh. I think that had something to do with, you know, why we saw really poor execution at times. Now, that's not excusing, you know, the lack of aggressiveness um, on the car- part of the play calling for the for the defense. Um, you know, that's not excusing all the injuries that that they had. And, and you know, I think you mentioned to Charles that they, they got tremendous play out of guys who were backfilling at linebacker this year. But yeah. it's not hard to look great as a linebacker when your D tackles are, you know, revolving doors. So that's a great, there point, were good Jeff. things. Yeah. There were good things about the defense this year. There were bad things about the defense this year. Um, I think Joe Woods was a convenient fall guy. Um, this organization has had countless fall guys over the years. Um, ultimately, I think the issue is this country club mentality that this organization has always had where guys come in, collect a paycheck, show up and go shake hands afterward. Right. And like you said, there's no passion. There's no urgency to win. Um, there's, there's no, you know, playing above and beyond. Right. I mean, we've got Nick Chubb out there busting his ass. How many other guys can you say that about? You know, I don't think there's many other guys on this team that you can say are out there busting their ass on every play. Okay. Um, there's a lot of stat hunters out there. Um, and to expect, you know, the next D coordinator to come in and change that is pretty damn unrealistic. So do you guys, um, Joe Woods, uh, being fired, do you think, do you believe that's kind of a cumulative thing because of the way he's called defenses and the way the defense has performed over the last three seasons? Um, do you believe it's or because of the record this season and him being a fall guy or, or 
or, or just the defense's performance this season? Because the defense's performance this season, like Charles said, was not horrible. No. So what do you guys think it was? I, 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 got, I, I think, okay, just me personally. Maybe I'm just thinking too much into it. I think they put so much money into their defense. Maybe they put it in the wrong places. I mean, Denzel Ward's a fantastic player. When he's, I mean, he's just off the charts. And Miles Garrett, he'll get you sacks, and he takes away left side of that line. You know, he does what he does. That's why he gets paid $25 million. J. David Clowney, I mean, when he's healthy, he does. I mean, he can play. He has spurts. So they paid a lot of money for those guys. So I'm thinking if you're putting a lot of money, you're, you, you know, three key guys like that, and you're putting, what was that? I would say, what is that about? 45, 55 million in the three 45 guys. 45 plus, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 55 plus 10 or whatever. You, I'm not sure exactly what Clowney was. So I'm thinking if you're putting that into that, you know, that's basically 30%. So what I'm thinking is they're like, man, we're putting all this money. You got John Johnson out there, and then you got Grant Dill. But I mean, they have spurts of good play. You know, John Johnson here and there, not, you know, Emerson, a great pick, great pick. Okay. Yeah. And Delpit, I mean, he has spurts and then he just whiffs. Then he, we knew about that in college. He couldn't tackle. Mm -hmm. So he just, and he's showed that he misses, you know, everybody does. So, and then with the injuries, like I said, everybody has to step up, but I think it's, sorry, my dog. And I think it's like you put all that money. And you're like you're trying to shore that up, and next thing you know, they just—I mean, they're—you know—they're just mid. They're like the kids say, mid, mid, mid. I don't know what else to tell you. That's that's my thoughts on it. So they think they should be better, and they were. They got better, you know, just like the offense was better in the first half, and then got worse in the second half. You know, the defense was kind of like the opposite. I don't know. That's my thoughts. What do you think, Joe? I think you're right, Charles. You know, that the, there were times when guys like Denzel Ward and John Johnson looked totally uninspired. And ultimately, the person who's going to take responsibility for that is the defensive coordinator. You know, yeah. if, you're, if you're not going to put it on the head coach, you're going to put it on the defensive coordinator, right? So um, it was body of work-wise, um, it was a hard thing to justify. Um, because there were times when this defense looked really good. And there were other times where guys were just woefully unprepared, not a position. Um, so that lack of consistency, I think, ultimately is what did Joe Woods in. But I'll add this, though, that, that if we had a consistent offense this year, if we, just, if, if we had played like we did with Jacoby Brissett in that three-game stretch where we won three in a row, I think it was, um, and just possessed the ball and didn't make mistakes and, and kept our defense off the field just a little bit, okay? If we had done that consistently this year, nobody would be talking about firing Joe Woods. Our defense would have been good enough to win games. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough to be a great defense when you're out there every, you know, after, you know, your offense is out there for three plays all the time. Exactly. And exactly. that happened a lot with uh, with Watson out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's unfortunate, but. Um, yeah. Right. Um, so where do we where do we go from here, right? 
Yeah, um, Browns uh, Browns interviewed Jim Schwartz today. Um, I mean, he's been a few places. He's uh, he's pretty highly thought of as a defensive coordinator. Um, uh, Brian Flores is being interviewed tomorrow, and um, uh, Gerard Mayo and uh, Sean Desai. Um, I don't think they have interviews set up with those guys yet, but man. You have to be, I don't know, I'm interested to see what you guys think. You kind of have to be um, excited about all four of these guys in one way or another. Um, You know, I I think uh, for me, Schwartz and Flores kind of seem like the guys that are going to come in and not only be good DCs, but, um, you know, I I don't know that they're going to take a lot of crap from anybody. Um, You know, I think they'll... Um, somebody that wouldn't take any crap from Buddy, but I'm not sure if we, he's available. But uh, Buddy Ryan, I don't know if he'd be. <laughs> well, Buddy Ryan, I don't think Buddy Ryan's uh, available anymore. No. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't take anything. Yeah, I think Buddy Ryan passed away a few years back. <laughs> I was just. <laughs> Anyways, um, not laughing. We need somebody that. in that mold, though, Charles. <laughs> we do. We need somebody like that. We do. Uh, but yeah, Gerard Mayo from the uh, from the Patriots, um, and uh, Sean Desai from the uh, uh, from the Seahawks. Um, these guys are both really highly thought of, and, and uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much you guys know about those two, in addition to Schwartz and Flores. So. Um, so, uh, so Charles, let's uh, let's get your thoughts. I mean, do you have a favorite out of these guys um, as to who who you'd like to see be the DC, or or who do you think they're going to hire? Um, you know, what what are your thoughts? I don't know. You said uh, Buddy Ryan's out, so I mean, if it was my choice, well, and then I mean, no, can't use him either. Um, we could probably nope, can't use Dicka. So Dicka's out. Dicka was a heck of a coach, but <laughs> so they had a. I mean, that eighty-five Bears. I'm just trying to think back. You know, uh, Brian Billick. Um, how's he doing? You know, they had a great team. We'll see about that. But other than that, I would go. <laughs> my first choice would be probably Brian Flores. So that's just just me. Uh, he said like he has a bulldog. It's somebody that would just you know. And I thought Joe Woods was like that when he came over, you know, um, uh, San Francisco. I'm like, I thought that's what type it was. But then it seemed like, you know, the players, I guess, just didn't, you know, like like what you guys were talking about, play with inspiration and just got to play with some kind of edge and attitude or like um, yeah. you need like a Mike Tomlin type coach. And I've always liked Mike Tomlin, no matter if he's a Pittsburgh coach or not. I've always liked his attitude. And I know he's a player's coach, but players play for him. And I want a defensive coordinator that somebody will play for. And I think that would be Brian Flores. So, And Schwartz would not be a bad choice either. So it seems like we do this every couple of years. And you never know, man. So it's a crapshoot. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So Buddy Ryan passed away in 2016 just to – just for the record, um, so he's not available. Um, if okay. if he were still around, uh, I would absolutely think he would be an excellent choice. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Um, but I, he's innovator, still... <laughs> fiery. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. He could kick ass. Yeah. I'd, I'd take that. Um, yeah. You'd also. You'd no, have... isn't, about... uh, isn't Flores still still suing the NFL? <laughs> he might be. <laughs> not sure. I'm pretty sure he's got a pending pending litigation against him. So if nothing else, I mean, we could lead the lead the league in litigation. Yeah. Yeah. We got number four out there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course, but yeah. Buddy Ryan. Yeah, see that. I was going to say Buddy Ryan would be 89 on February 17th if he were still around. So you might want to rethink that. Sign him up. Uh, okay, sign him up. I mean, they, uh, probably, probably still has Holmgren. Remember Mike Holmgren? I mean, he was a GM, and all he did was ride around on the cart. Let Buddy Ryan ride around on the cart. Tell people what oh, to do. True, <laughs> true. That's true. <laughs> what did yeah. Mike Holmgren do? That's on a tangent. But what did he do? Like, did he just collect that ten million a year? Like, what did he? Do? Yeah, he was uh, yeah. the um, architect, right? He was the architect, right? Yeah, that the was architect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he never spoke to the media ever. Yeah. He just spoke to the yeah. Seattle media. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, you're going back. You're going back, man. Those were the good old days, huh? Yeah, that Charles. Was Charles has had some 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 pent up stuff from not being on the podcast for a while. We have to have you on more often, Charles. We got to get some of this stuff out for you. <laughs> oh, get it <laughs> off your chest. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, real quick before that, uh, thoughts and prayers out to Peyton Hillis and uh, what's going on with him. So, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. 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 yeah definitely. I wasn't on last week. Demar Hamlin's gotten all the press. Uh, yep. Yep. Well, uh, yep. He's doing. He's doing really good at home and stuff. So uh, prayers out to him and yeah, Peyton. But, uh, yep. Yeah, we haven't heard as much about Peyton Hillis, but a real hero. Yeah. Um, get, getting back to the the D coordinator candidates, Rod. I think yeah. that the problem is um, each of these guys brings different things, but none of them brings everything. So with, with, you know, Flores, um, uh, I, I think he brings that, that respect. Um, you know, he's, he's been there, he's done it. Um, players are going to want to play for him. Um, but how long is he going to be here? Yeah, I think that's the main question with him. Yeah. Right, I mean, right. He, um, he was a head coach and you have to figure he's a head coaching candidate. Yeah. Right. Uh, and you, so you have to kind of balance that, right? I mean, are you are you thinking about this year? Are you thinking about the next two to three years? Are you thinking longer term than that? Are you going to give a guy a chance to really implement his own system through multiple drafts and multiple roster uh, compilations? Right. Are we going to actually go out and find guys that fit into what he wants to do? I mean, how long have we been talking about trying to get three safeties on the field for Joe Woods? Right. Um, so, I mean, we, seriously, I mean, we've had guys that, you know, for one, one reason or another, we could get them on the field, you know? So, um, yeah. you, are you saying that you, some of the, younger guy that hasn't had a head coaching job yet that can build his stock three years here and then maybe do, you know, do very well with the Browns and then become a head coach in three years? Is that what you're thinking? Well, yeah, that, there's always that possibility as well, right? You take a, a young guy yeah, like, like, uh, like Mayo and, and, boost him and then you know he becomes the next hot 
head coaching candidate, but I think you have to you have to view this as fit within the organization. Okay, so it's it's yeah. you know we've this is a Jimmy Haslam thing, right? Alignment among front office coaches, you know, everybody needs to be in alignment, right, and have the same sort of vision. Um, so I think what that means, and this is probably going to make a lot of fans really unhappy, is we're going to see a less experienced version of Joe Woods get this job. And we're probably going to see a very similar defense next season. And <laughs> people are going to go crazy, but we, it's a matter of putting the right players into it to find success and giving th- that coach the right support and, you know, structurally and uh, organizationally and roster wise to go out there and, and really build something over time. And, you know, just, just plugging a guy in with, you know, tons of experience and, and reputation and all that. We had players and we were, you know, on the verge of being a Super Bowl team. That kind of hire would, would make sense to me. Mm-hmm. But let's face it, we haven't won anything in 23 years. So we're not one season away. You know, we, we need to be thinking a little bit longer horizon, I think, with, with whoever we put into that role. I would agree with you. Um, and I would love to see Jim Schwartz or, or Brian Flores here um, just because of who they are. And I think they could uh, probably make strides with the with any discipline issues and respect issues, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But from what I know about these guys, and I'm not expert, you know, an expert on any of these guys, but just, um, you know, from what I've seen and, and heard and everything, I, I think all four of these guys have have the, have the chance to make the defense more, you know, a little more dynamic. So, um, you know, I think I think the Browns are are going to be able to take a step forward with any of these guys. Now, now of course, if you go with Mayo or Desai, they're you know, they haven't had this exact role before, mm-hmm. but um, I, I think these guys are both ready for it. And I th- I think if they don't get it here, they're going to get it somewhere else. Okay, so, another real question, real quick. I, I, you know, I didn't really get to catch up on all the fires. I, I seen the Jets offensive coordinator got fired. Um, that has nothing to do with us. I'm just talking about like all the different firings. What coaching jobs are open for these guys that they would, you know, attack? What would it be more I more say, desirable? He's, you know. Desirable as well as push, yeah. Desirable being like, is it going to, you know, advance their career more, which would be desirable. So, what what yeah, jobs yeah. open for these guys that they could go to other than the Cleveland Browns? What do you guys think? I, I haven't really seen exactly who's, you know, who got fired, you know, and all that stuff. So, I think Arizona's wide open now, right? Um, yeah, it's open. Um, so I mean that's probably a pretty desirable location. Um, you, yeah, um, I, I Houston. Don't, I don't. Which is go ahead. Yeah, I wouldn't call Houston desirable. Houston's not really desirable. Call, <laughs> I mean, the, the Jets. You would you would think that 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 would be desirable, but not so much anymore. Um, and who knows what's going to happen with the Rams? Yeah, with McVay, what's he gonna do? Is when he's that's crazy. Taking his feet, what's he? Come, he gonna, coming off a Super Bowl and, and they want to fire the guy. He's giving all say, of his coaches the ability to go out and interview. 
You know, I mean, oh, been a oh I didn't. I thought he was stepping away. I missed that. Okay. I I, 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 I don't was, know. I mean, guys, I would say the more desirable coaching jobs right now um, are probably uh, the Broncos and the Colts, just because of some of the players they have there. Um, you know, at least they have a foundation somewhat, you know, uh, probably better than the other teams. So, um, I don't know. Find somebody that can get something out of Russell Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I don't know if you look at the Panthers as being a, as being a desirable job or not. Probably not. Probably, probably not a whole lot more than Houston. Um, right. Arizona's probably higher than, than, uh, than those than those other two, I would say. Right. Yep. Oh. If you if you look up the overall scope and how everything went down this year, and we talked about how the Browns you know, played better in the first half than they did. It. Well, I mean, you know, Brissett was uh, offensively for sure. over, like way like we did way more like than what I thought he would do. Like, yep, he exceeded my expectations, and. Yeah. There was games that they should have, well, we know, we can just go back and don't want to talk about the early games. So with that being said, the Browns going 7-10 and 10 with a backup quarterback for 11 games, and then you got your $230 million quarterback coming in, you know, going 7-10 and 10 total. I mean, is that, a, is that a disappointment? Did we expect, what did, what, did the, what did you guys expect? I know I'm switching gears. What did you guys expect the Browns record to be? Going in, okay. How about going in? You probably talked about this for like eighteen weeks ago. Would you yeah. guys? Yeah, we talked about we talked about it way before we even knew what the suspension was going to be. Right. Oh, right. Right. Okay. So okay. yeah, I mean, so God, it's it's just been a moving target all year, Charles. You know, I mean, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, you 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 watch them go out and play well, and you think, okay, there's a good chance we can get our shit together now, and then the next week they lay an egg. <laughs> well, like the you know, games, we went like to that Cincinnati game, game and I was as upbeat as I've been in a long time. You know, that you, after that, they, since that first they Cincinnati played so game. well. Yeah. 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 Yes. Against that team. And we're like, we own that. And then we're like, oh my gosh. And then just everything after that, it was just, you never know. It's, it was, it's Dr. Jekyll, Mr. I don't know. Right. Right. So yeah, yeah, I, I think, um, I think the hope was that they could go, you know, six and five, five and six with Jacoby, and then you know take their chances. And when Deshaun came back, you five know, and, and, and four, yeah, go yeah. four and two, four five and one, and you know, and and easily, wow. you know, win nine or ten, eleven games, and you know, and have a good shot at the playoffs. I think that's kind of what what people thought. You know, I mean that that's what I thought was the uh, best case scenario. Mm-hmm. You know, but. I knew yes, that I knew that going five and six, six and five wasn't going to be guaranteed. Um, I, I didn't realize that they were going to get there. Or, you know, get um, get to what they end up four and seven with Jacoby, I believe. Um, you yeah, know, I right. didn't think they were going to get there with him playing well and guys not playing well around him. Um, right. You know, and and blowing a couple games but i mean when yeah. you look at the seven and ten guys it, this team could have easily been ten and seven and i'm not saying again that they deserve ten and seven but it's literally a hand yes <laughs> i can yeah i can tell you four or five games that they should have won anyway so 
Yeah, but it, right. it's a few plays. Yeah, lost, including the Carolina game. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. I think what, what you take away from this season is is that that we proved we can win in our own division. Um, yeah. We proved that we can be in most games. Um, we still have an awful lot of, of holes to fill on the roster. And we have an awful lot of really young guys who haven't figured it out yet. So that that all makes me somewhat optimistic for next year. Um, the fact yeah. that, you know, Kevin Stefanski has shown that that he can get great play out of quarterbacks. Um, I mean, he's he's gotten great play out of mid-range quarterback to this point. Now can he get mm. great play out of a potentially great quarterback? That's that's the next step, right? And right. so I think I, I feel fairly confident that that, that can happen. Um, to me, it all gets back to this culture issue. And and that's really what differentiates, you know, five and twelve from twelve and five is do these guys pull their heads out of their collective asses and decide to just start playing like professionals and, and have a desire to go out and win ball games. And if they do and they quit being stupid and being their own worst enemies, then you can see them take a huge step next year because the talent is there. Right. But yeah. Yeah. if none of that happens, everything else doesn't matter. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. So just to make this official, we're giving uh, we're giving Jeff K the win last week because he picked Steelers on the uh, <laughs> on that. So we're we're done with that for a while, Jeff. Thank so, God we don't have to. Bet, yeah, because you know, man, we, don't we have pretty to, much went over the season. I know I went uh, over the much. season. I think you won one. I won one or two. Um, I won one for sure, and one that I may have been gifted um, by myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That was that could have gone in either way, but yeah, I, I think right. I won one uh, for sure. So, um, so we can't we can't pick games. Why don't we have some fun here and pick DCs? As to who we <laughs> think is going to be the DC? So, uh, so Charles, we'll, we'll let you go first. Pick one of these guys who you think will be the Browns DC, and if you want to pick Buddy Ryan, by all means. He's on the board. He's on the board. Okay, 89 on the board. Um, I'll donate the – I mean, he can have a golf cart with, like, like to put, like, you know, some kind of NAS in there. He'll be fine with that. He can get around quickly. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> so, Buddy Ryan, no dick. Uh, Brian Billick, we can't do anything with that. Uh, Marty Schottenhammer actually was a really good offensive I'm thinking – I'm going to lean with Buddy Ryan. I'm leading towards. I got Buddy Ryan in uh, 2023. Buddy Ryan. <laughs> you sure you don't want to go with somebody who's alive? So, no, I'm going with Buddy Ryan. All right. All right. So because whoever gets picked, I'm going to call him Buddy Ryan. Let's go. Okay. Okay. No, um, I'll go. With, I'm going to go with. No, I'm going to go with Jim Schwartz. I'm going with Jim oh, Schwartz. Uh, he, he's switching gears. Okay. 
Oh no, not not that I'm. I want him. I'm just thinking that's who they're going to get. That's who you think they're going to pick. You oh, you said you would like Flores, but you think they're going to like Flores, but they're going to have Schwartz. Yes. Okay. Well, that's cool. Okay. Um, Jeff. Okay, so you want you want me to do DCs now? Yeah, we'll have you pick one. Charles picked Jim Schwartz. Um, doesn't mean you can't pick him, but might take some of the fun out of it if you do. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> I, I got somebody for to pick though. <laughs> All right. Well, I I think I I kind of tipped my hand before about the, the type of guy I think they're looking for. The you know if I'm looking at a a resume and a, and a, a skill set, um, I think they're going to end up with Sean Desai because um, he's sort of the analytics type of guy, the the Ivy League type of guy um, who will will have alignment with everybody else. And I think he's going to probably end up being Joe Woods light next next fall. OK, I, I'm going to go two ways with this, OK, because I like it. I'm I'm going to. Say that it's going to be Sean Desai, because, first of all, this this guy's an Ivy League guy with a doctorate. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Lord, here we go. You're going to I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. <laughs> For the. Um, for the bet here, for or for the pick here, I'll go. I'll go with Ger, uh, Gerard Mayo, just to mix things up, because it would not be out of character for the Browns to um, to want to go after somebody from New England. So, yep. I was going to take the side, but I'm not going to do that since you took him, and I think Mayo is probably has pretty much just as good a chance of getting the job. But, um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Yep. So it's definitely going to be interesting. I, I think it'd be. I think they'll be good with any of those four guys. So, yeah. So. We really need to start talking about roster and and how you know that guy is going to mold the people that AB brings in and you know yeah. what what impact that hire has on the guys that he brings in. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see how quickly they make a decision on this. I would think they'll probably move pretty fast, you know, yeah, um, yeah. with these these uh, interviews, um, you know, today and tomorrow. I would think they'll probably going to try to get the other two guys in pretty quickly if they can and then make a decision. You know, I would think they'll make a decision within within a week or so, mm-hmm. I would think. So, probably. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can uh, talk about this uh or picks on the uh, on the next podcast. Yeah, so, sounds good. That'd be fun. Oh, so, guys, uh, do you guys know that the Browns opened the season as the youngest roster in the NFL? Do you know that? Yes. Yeah. Twenty-five years, four months, and eleven days. Youngest in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that was kind. Of, I think that was intentional, kind of due to the suspension. Honestly. I think it was. I think they tried to build some guys up and get some experience with some young players, and hopefully they'll go, you know, not quite as young this season, uh, this coming season. Different than the Indians, right? Football's different. (laughs) Baseball's a little different. They had the the, switching, whatever, switching the Indians. They had the youngest roster in AAA. They they were younger than (laughs) the team. You guys know that. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. that. Oh, yeah. 
They were the youngest oh, in all of Triple Yes. <laughs> Imagine that. It's crazy. At some point, these guys have to grow up and contribute and, and really challenge, right? So, um, yeah. yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Like I said, if, if the Browns decide to go all in next year, that will determine the type of DC they hire, and that will affect roster composition in a big way. And you, you've almost got to go out and find some veteran guys. You can't well, keep, you know, putting seven or eight draft choices on the roster. Right, you can't. Yes, yeah. they that every year forever. So yeah, right. You you need to get help. Absolutely, defensive yeah. tackle. That's thank you. Please Somebody who's been drafted by by AB is not going to make the team this coming season. <laughs> During his tenure, is not going to make the team this season. And I'm just going to point out that none of us picked Brian Flores, so he's probably got an outstanding chance of becoming yeah. the Browns' defensive coordinator. <laughs> 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 Did you guys say anyway. that you guys wanted to be the defensive coordinator? Did you guys mention that who you wanted? Because, or it, who you think you just who you thought or who you wanted to get the job? Um, you know what? I, I'll be. I think I'd be good with any of these guys. Um, I I don't really see a, a problem with any of these guys. Uh, the question is how long any of them will be around, and kind of like we were talking, any of them could be gone and. Uh, you know, in a season or two, potentially. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so you, yeah. you really can't hire a guy because of how long you think he's going to be here. Sure. Well, and the one thing you certainly can't do is hire a guy because you think he's going to replace your head coach as an interim next year. No, oh, no. <laughs> oh, you're no, getting that's out. ridiculous. <laughs> that's, that's what people want to do. Out. But yeah, 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 we we want a defensive coordinator to come in here and and and. Uh, do that job and that's it so you're talking about like freddie kitchens or greg williams type stuff yeah i've just seen people talking about that and that i, I think that's yeah. the most ridiculous thing you know yeah we're gonna we're gonna give our coach a, a six game leash our head coach right. and say you know if you're not doing it we've got this guy over here as defensive coordinator that's been head coach we're gonna you know fire you and plug him in you know you might as well just throw the whole thing in the trash can before you even start just Did light it all on that? fire do that in 2018 yeah jesus yeah 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 so no like whenever they got rid of you they're like yeah you, you can go now and then they just gave it to greg williams and then gave it to freddie kitchens so yeah i, I mean if it's one thing that, that this team and this fan base understands really well it's it's doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result you're right about that <laughs> yep yep all right, guys. Uh, Charles, let's uh, let's get some closing thoughts from you. Um, uh, disappointing season. Um, I still have. I mean, it's all entertainment for me. Um, we, it's you know, it's entertainment for everybody. So that's all we can, you know, think of. Everybody has their own thoughts about who's that. We're all like, you know, armchair quarterback. So we think a million thoughts a game and we just criticize and criticize and criticize. These guys get paid millions of dollars to make the decisions they're making right or wrong. We still watch, right? That's, you know, that's what we do. So I back whatever they, whatever they're doing, whoever they choose for their next DC, that's fine. I'll still, you know, be supporting them, you know, for that's, you know, that's what I've always done. 
So I'm just looking forward to next season. Uh, I I'm never got into the draft kind of thing. I mean, we could talk about that in the future, but uh, they don't have any draft picks. Basically, at least they got them all, you know, except for a second or whatever the third, fourth, whatever they got. But not worried about that part. Um, we could talk about, you know, later on, we could talk about when, you know, free agency starts and hopefully they can get like big time defensive tackle or some kind of linebacker help that would help the team. Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, overall season, um, disappointing. I was really, really happy with uh, how Brissett played and how Nick Chubb is just a professional, just a perfect, like, I mean, unbelievable athlete, fun to watch. Um, but, you know, it's football and, it, and that is what it is. So uh, go yep. Cavs, Browns, and uh, Buckeyes got robbed. All right, that's all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Um, everybody can follow Charles at FighterGuy2424. Uh, Jeff, do you have closing thoughts for us? Yeah, I think disappointing is a good word. Um, plenty of missed opportunities this year. Um, you have to take the fun wherever you can find it because there's not a lot. There hasn't been a lot for 23 years. Um, but if you look at it, you know, f- sort of at an arm's length, um, this team fired its starting quarterback going into this season. It was going to be a reset year. It's just no getting around it. Um, so temper your enthusiasm going into next year. Um, you know, set, set your expectations accordingly. Um, and, you know, hopefully we continue to see this team get better long-term. Sounds good to me. I this love has it. Been, yeah, absolutely. This has been the Browns Blitz, and we will catch you next time.